What a good morning. Easter was fantastic last week. Uh, if you're new with us, my name is Brandon. This is Meredith, who Pastor Mary was in Brave Kids this morning, uh, first service, so it's awesome. And welcome to, you, that, now I, I tell people this, uh, you know, the Sunday after Easter Sunday, because a lot of guys will say this, I don't necessarily love the connotation of it, but I understand what they're getting at, that Easter is like Super Bowl, the Super Bowl Sunday for the church, right? And, uh, and we definitely feed into that, don't we? We do all of the best things we ever do on Easter Sunday, as though the other Sundays don't necessarily matter as much. Um, but I thought last week we did a great job of making sure we stayed real, stayed honest, stayed authentic. We did a couple things, but we are meant to be creative, Amen. And, uh, and so we had a Super Bowl Sunday. I would say the Sunday after Easter is kind of like Pro Bowl Sunday, right? And if you're familiar with football, you know what I mean by that. Uh, maybe not as many. They're not really there for the game. They're there because it's in Hawaii, right? Um, they, they play by different rules. They don't tackle the same way. They, you might have a, a punter throw a pass and a quarterback kick a field goal. It's just different rules. And I'm just telling you that because we're going to play by different rules today. You good with that? And so you came on a good day. It's going to be a good day. And so I'm excited about it. And uh, if you want, real short, we're going to preach briefly, and then we're going to have a little time together. That's, again, a little bit outside the normal thing. I want you to turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to hang out. We're going to finish up our story series. Over the summer, we're going to talk about a few different things, uh, one of those being the Holy Spirit. How many of you have some questions about Holy Spirit? Anybody, like... Don't, some of you are like, I don't know, maybe, yeah. Um, is that, like, am I blasphemous if I raise my hand about the Holy Spirit? And uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about calling. How many of you guys know there are people who want to know what their calling and purpose is? And um, I think we really do people a disservice when we, just like when dating, when we're like, there's only one fish in the sea, you know? Um, it's uh, like, well, we don't say that. We say it the opposite. But we, but we live like there's only one. And if I don't get the one, then it's all going to be bad. Um, and... Uh, I think for calling, you know, the, the verse we love to use for calling, Ephesians 2.10, actually is plural, not singular. And uh, we will do good works. And uh, so some of us get really hung up on the one thing when there's probably many things. And really, you are the calling. Jesus came for you. And uh, so we're, I'm really excited about the next several months together. And so keep inviting, keep bringing, uh, keep taking people to the table. Just take a few weeks off. We'll kick right back off in June and give our hosts and those guys who've made that just how many love our dinner parties. Amazing, right? Um, who've made that possible. Give them just a few weeks to relax. You can still get around the table if you'd like to. You don't have to stop. We're just, we're just making it less official. And uh, it'll be good. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and then uh, we're going we're gonna to play by some different rules today. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? This is Paul talking. He says, or do we need like some letters, some, like some, sorry, letters of recommendation to you or from you? So Paul is writing his second letter to the Corinthians, as far as we can tell. And he's writing this letter, and, and what's happening in uh, the Corinthian church, and really what's happening all over uh, that region, is there is this new kingdom, there is this new savior being announced, there's this new way of living, there's been this religious system of the day for a long time, and now Jesus showed up and said, uh, there is a new kingdom, and the kingdom is near, and, and so he's preaching something different, and so Paul is preaching something different, and so he's telling them, uh, hey, this is happening, what's, and what's happening? in that context and what's happening when you know how many of you know when something new gets introduced things like when things change 
right? All kinds of things can happen. Yes, the, the primary reason for change happens, but then there's also these other uh, kind of uh, unnecessary, superfluous kind of things that happen around it that can kind of work their way in. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like I changed a sprinkler head the other day um, because I do some things. And uh, I changed a sprinkler head the other day and I had to get, when I did that and I unscrewed the sprinkler head, there is stuff that can get into the sprinkler system. Right? And so sometimes what happens when change happens and things happen, things get into the system. Right? Have you ever gone through change? And it was good change, but somewhere along the way you picked up some stuff. And so... In fact, the message that Charlie Gamble preached at a presence conference, which I would, I would challenge you to go listen. I think it's session 10. They don't name who's on the thing, so it's like session 10. And she talks about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus and talks about how Martha had wanted Jesus to come. And when he comes, she starts complaining about it because he came at a different time and in a different way than she had expected. So, so many times we pray about something, and then when God does it a different way than we expected, we start complaining about it. Complaining is really not allowed in Christianity. I mean that. Like, I, I don't even, like, that's not even kind of true. Like, that's totally true. That's not just, like, my preference. Complaining is, is something that shuts you down. It does not open you up to anything that's next. So even in the midst of a valid complaint about what is happening in your life, your complaining about it only reaffirms and confirms it in your spirit and soul. And what that does is shut you down rather than open you up to what's next. Right? So you find, how many of you know that complaining people tend to be just stuck in a place of complaint? It just kind of becomes this cycle. Just always complaining about something. It never gets better. And you're like, why isn't it getting better? Because you keep confirming what isn't good. I'm not saying you can't be real and it can't be honest, but at some point, you, your confession needs to shift and change. And so. I'm already preaching. Anybody here in the first service? I'm already preaching a different message. So I, we'll, just, we'll just go there. But he needs, okay, so letter of recommendation. So what's happening in this new thing is there's these uh, people coming into these cities who know that there's something new, that knows that there's something different, and they're introducing doctrine or ideas or thoughts that aren't necessarily what Paul was preaching. They aren't bringing the good news. They're adding in their own mix. How many of you have ever experienced that kind of Christianity? Right, you ever been to that church where they just kind of added their thing? Well, I don't know if I like it like this, so let's put the gospel of Rick next to the gospel of John. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it this way, and it is the gospel. My dad, I love what he always says. We allow uh, public or private conviction to become public doctrine. We allow the private conviction of our lives, which is not a bad thing. You may have something that God has brought conviction in your life to not do something a certain way. And what we've allowed it to become is public doctrine for other people. So we judge them according to the conviction God has put in us. And so you know, these churches that are built on personal conviction rather than the powerful gospel of good news of Jesus. Amen? And so, so he's neat, these letter of, oh man, I'm like so, okay. So the letter of recommendation. So what would happen is they built a system of, like, if, if you know someone, you would say, hey, you can welcome this person into your church or at your table and let them preach or speak on our behalf, right? So they're, they're, they're set up a system to make sure that everything's 
good. And Paul is kind of coming into this and saying, do I actually need the letter of recommendation? Do I actually, because there's always one person who ruins it for everyone. Everybody know, anybody know that? Anybody have that friend that always ruins it for everybody? Everybody makes a joke, and then that person makes a joke that goes too far. And next thing you know, you're outside the restaurant, right? Like, it just, that just went too far. We were throwing food at each other. You threw it across the table, like, don't, or across the hallway. You know, like, don't do that. I had a friend years ago, and I don't know if Scott was there for this, but I was texting another buddy about it. Uh, we were at a friend's house in middle school, and uh, we had put this, this is what happens in middle school when you have 10 boys running around just thinking of things to do. And we had a Ziploc bag of ketchup that we had put on the street because we wanted a t- truck to run over. I don't know why. That was, like, going to be cool. And, uh, and it wasn't working. They just kept missing it. We, like, kept over, going out there and adjusting it, moving it, trying to get it. And, uh, and it didn't work. So finally we had another buddy, who, the guy, who always took it too far. And he filled a, a Ziploc bag of water and came up behind us and threw it over. Uh, we were in this cul-de-sac. But anyways, he threw it. And, it, and, and all of a sudden, this is, like, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we probably shouldn't have been outside. And uh, sorry about this. And uh, uh, at least it's not something else. I mean, like, seriously, he threw a Ziploc bag of water. And he threw this water, and it hit this car and all of a sudden you hear this and all of us take off running back to the house we're only two houses away so we take off running we jump on the sega genesis y'all know what i'm talking about sega genesis and we're acting like the tv's not even on but we're playing sega it's three buttons y'all it's so much easier and uh and and but we have this one friend who was really tall and lanky and in middle school you don't really know what your body is doing and so he did not understand that his legs were longer than he thought they were and so instead of coming in the house with all the other kids he dove under a car And his legs, because he's taller than he thought, were sticking out. And so this truck, this dude showed up and sees Daniel with his legs sticking out of the car. Up up from under the car. And he's like, either something bad has happened here or that's the dude I'm looking for. And he knocks on the door. Somebody always ruins it. And so what happens, and this is so, because people are people, sometimes we can ruin the gospel. Sometimes we can ruin the message. And so Paul's saying, do I need a letter? And this is what he writes. He says in verse 2, you yourselves, hear this, you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, recognized and read by everyone. So he takes it away from a, a, a letter in other words, it, Christianity isn't a written piece of paper, right? It is Christ working in people. How many of you know we can make it, the law makes it about the piece of paper. The law makes it about the measurables. The NFL draft just happened. I think the Cowboys did all right, yay. And uh, the Giants did terrible, yes. And, uh, and so I love that. It's fantastic. And, and the, but what happens in the draft is you go by measurables, how, how high did they jump? How fast did they run? And they may not have even had a great college career, but you, well, they measure up. They're 6'4", they throw the ball down, the, whatever. And they have all these measurables. And so you would think, and there's teams that you look at and you go, on paper, they should be good. On paper, we're all right. On paper, they look like they should look, right? How many of you know the church is going through a dress code change, a dress code adjustment, right? It used to be that we dressed poorly. Now we dress too good, right? You walk into a coffee shop and you know exactly who works for a church, right? It's, it's clear. And, uh, and, and, and some of y'all get that, some of you don't. You need to walk into a coffee shop. You'll know what I'm talking about. I don't have any problem dressing good. I mean, some of y'all might disagree with that, but... Who just laughed? 
Anyways, the point being, okay, uh, that, that we, we can kind of get to the place where we're doing more about right and wrong than we are about what God is doing in us. And we make it about the hand and not the heart, right? And so he's saying, wait, 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 hold on. The measurables is not what's important. The, the, it does, it's, the law is not bad. It's not evil. It is simply incomplete. And Jesus says, I came to fulfill the law. I know we love to, like, reject the law. But what he's actually saying is, I, I complete it. I finish it. And I fulfill it. And so we look at paper, and we forget that really it is about the person. What is God doing in the person and they may not have all the measurables and they may not have all but at some point there's guys that got drafted this weekend who have all the measurables who in two years are going to be out of the league and there are guys who didn't get drafted right who didn't maybe have all the measurables who in 10 years are going to have had a great career why because we can't always measure the heart of a person we can measure everything else and so paul says i don't need a letter what you need to do is look at all the people. Look at every. You are the letter of recommendation. You are the story that validates Jesus' message. You are, as people, the person and, and, and the people that validate, that, that are the letter of recommendation of the gospel. Now, that's not to put pressure on us because what happens in verse 3 is he kind of because some of you are like, oh, oh man, I really do need to behave. I need to, and this is what we default to. I need to make sure I look good on paper. And we get all about the rights and wrongs of life. I'm not saying that's bad. Again, I've just told you that. I don't think this is a wrong thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to make sure that the paper looks right. But what I'm telling you is that it's not what's written on paper. It is about what is working in people. And so our, for, our default is that. And how many of you know you can, you can have good handwriting and not know how to write? You can have good handwriting and you don't know how to like, put together sentences. You can have great handwriting and never write a great story. You can look good on paper. You can look great on paper. You can know all the songs. Right? You can memorize all the verses. You, you can have it down. You, your attendance is spotless at church, right? But your joy is missing. Right? The presence of God is, you, you're having a tough time, like, just loving people well. And I'm not, this is not condemning. This is me telling you that what really matters to God is that your heart is right and full, and new, and beating, and making life pump through your veins. And then verse 3, this is where it gets really good, and then we're going to change the rules. It is clear that you are Christ's letter. So he takes this kind of, like I'm arguing with you about who needs a letter and who doesn't, and takes it into a much deeper place. So he says, you are, it is clear that you are Christ's letter produced by us. In other words, we're just simply giving it to you. We're delivering you this letter, not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on stone tablets, but on tablets that are hearts of flesh. You are Christ's letter, but what, who writes it? The Holy Spirit. So he says, you are the letter. You are Jesus' letter. You are the letter to people. When, when, when Jesus wants to establish something, he establishes it through people. 
He does something new in your heart, in your life. So he is, he's, people are the letter, but what writes it and what establishes it and what marks it is the Holy Spirit. So it is Jesus' letter written and established and marked by the Holy Spirit. So why am I saying, why does that matter? It matters because you can't be the author. I know that hurts. I know that stings a little bit. Especially in a culture where, well, no, just do whatever you want to do. Just do, just, just do you, man. Just do you. Until it really messes up me. Right? Until you really step on my toes. And then stop being you because I need to be me. And us just being ourselves run into each other a lot. I, like if I was counsel a husband and wife, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't go, hey, what do you want to do? I want to do this. What do you want to do? I want to do this. Oh, y'all just go do that. That will work out super well. Just do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it. But see, when you're in a culture that is devoid of healthy depth relationship, you can say those things. And so here's, here's Paul, and he's saying, hey, it is Jesus' letter, but it's written by, marked by the Holy Spirit. In other words, it is a letter surrendered to Jesus. And when you surrender it to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit begins to mark your life. So when I elevate Jesus, so Hebrews 12 too, right? He says, fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. The pioneer, author meaning the one who originated and the one to follow. The perfecter, the pioneer, sorry, of your faith and the perfecter of your faith. And when you look upon him... You will remind yourself that you can stand up in strength and encourage. If you forget about his story, the message translation actually says, keep reworking the story. And you will stand up. You will not be weary, right? Or you, and you will not lose heart. And so the heart matters. I love that we read a gospel and we are part of a family of faith that is not just about the hands and what the hands can produce, but what the heart and what is produced in the heart of people. I, th I think culture is really good about, and even many religions and even many churches can be really good, and we will promote people and we will, we will uh, let people like succeed, we'll like put people on stage because of what they can do with their hands or their skill or whatever it is. And we will, we will devalue the heart and the character of a person. But when we elevate Jesus, that is when we create the space and the room and the place for the Holy Spirit to produce something in us. When we put our eyes upon Jesus, then the Holy Spirit begins. So why, why do we not see sometimes the love and joy, peace, faith? Well, maybe, maybe, just maybe. I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe it's because we have forgotten to fix our eyes upon Jesus. And in Hebrews 12, too, the idea of fixing your eyes upon Jesus is actually there is, a, there is a connotation in the word used and in the phrase used that you would intentionally turn away from other things. And so here is this opportunity for Paul to come into a place, and what he's saying to them is, listen, I don't need a letter of recommendation. I just simply need stories of people. What I need is, is not for us to think that somehow because you wrote the letter about me that that actually makes me what I'm supposed to be, but that there is a validation of Christ's work and Jesus' work based upon the thousands and millions of people who have called upon his name and had a life transformed. And, and when we elevate Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control in case you had thought I'd forgotten the fruit of the Spirit. I might have missed one, but I'm not sure. Stop it. 
So here's Jesus, elevated. The Holy Spirit is working and God glorified. I, I don't need a letter. I just need you because we have this conviction in our church to see Jesus on every street and in every heart. Here's the trick, right? When we say we want people to see Jesus, what it requires of us is that they are allowed and able to see us. That you, imperfect or unfinished, can be seen and read and that people would know you are a letter or a story of Jesus. And so when Jesus shows up in their world, they already have a letter of recommendation. They already have a story that is validated by the life of us, the joy that is unspeakable. And now some of you guys are being challenged right now because you're going, I don't know if I have that. My uh, son, uh, in fact, in, in uh, Hebrews 12, it talks about this idea that, um, that when you look upon Jesus and you remind yourself of the story that he lived and the things that he went through, you are, that you will kind of take a breath again. Right, that, you, that you, you will not get tired or weary and you will not lose heart. And the word used in, uh, in this to describe the spirit of the Lord or the Holy Spirit is uh, the word pneuma. It's a word that's used in Genesis when God leans in and breathes into Adam. So Adam had the shape of a man but didn't have the spirit of a man. Right, and so we, how many of you guys, how many of you guys know that, that he had the measurables, right, without the mission, and without the spirit of God in him. So God leans in and breathes the breath of life into Adam's lungs. And Adam stands up. And, and how many of you know we've got a lot of people who have all the measurables? In fact, many of us in this room, we, wow, we got all the stuff. We're like lined up. I've got it together. Some of you are super organized. you got to-do lists. you got, hey, man, it's all knocked out. We're good. And what you're missing is the breath of God. My son uh, deals with, he's five years old, and, and it's not bad, but every time allergies hit and stuff comes along, uh, he usually has at least one time uh, in that season, he'll have a, a coughing fit, and he'll um, have a tough time breathing uh, overnight. So it's not like an immediate thing, it's kind of this thing that builds, and it's eventually we have to bring out what we call the penguin. And the penguin is just a breathing machine that you put a little bit of medicine in, and it's, a, it's a kind of a steroid, but it just opens up his lungs so that he can begin to catch his breath again. And, and in other words... The only way he's going to begin to breathe again is if something that he could not produce on his own helps him breathe again. Puts something in his body and in his lungs that allows him to open up again and begin to live the way we know he can. So my question to you, and this is where we're going to change the rules and the worship team can come on up and we're going to spend a few minutes together. And we're going to pray. And we're going to pray over a couple different things. I'm going to have a couple different opportunities for you to lean in and step forward. But here's what I, here's what I, I believe this. And, and this is Pro Bowl Sunday, right? This is where the kicker is going to come out and throw a deep fade. All right? Is for some of us today, like right now, we have no breath in our lungs. We, we've gone through a season where we have run as fast as we can, as hard as we can for way too long. And we're just having a tough time catching our breath. And we keep trying in our own strength and in our own ability to create it and to make it happen. And what we really need is to fix our eyes on Jesus. That he might put that breathing machine right up on our face and go, here, let me breathe the breath of life into you. Let the Holy Spirit show up in your world and your lungs open up again. 
and you begin to breathe because you're meant to be a letter of recommendation for Jesus. You're meant to be a story of how good he is to us. The, the other thing I'm going to pray about in just a moment is, is in Hebrews 12, again, it, it, it says that you would, not, um, you would not grow weary and then you would not lose heart. To me, uh, when you study that word and you begin to realize heart in the Latin, and the, that's where this word comes from, is the core. In, in other words, this idea, it's at the center of everything that you do. And what Jesus would say is, hey, take courage, or it's translated a different way, take heart. So I want to pray for some of us who today would say, ah, oh, man, I'm out of breath. And then I want to pray for some of us who would say, I'm in the calling, or I'm about to step into a calling, or I'm stepping into a new season, and I need the courage or the fullness of heart to lean into the next thing. And then at the end, we're just going to pray over whatever comes up. You guys give with that? So you're like, wait, we're not done? No, we're not done. We're just going to create some space for the Holy Spirit. We're going to change the rules a little bit today. It's Pro Bowl Sunday, y'all. We can do whatever we want. So I want you to stand, and we're going to sing real quickly, and then I'm going to I'm going to ask some of you to step out. And I think some of you right now, the Holy Spirit's already stirring in you. Yesterday, um, and this is what we got to understand about, this is why this matters, right? Because, because the miracles of God happened on the frontier of the gospel. For too, far too long, we have tried to make sure that everything that needs to happen happens in this space. I believe you can see someone healed at the dinner table. I've, yesterday, and this, listen, this, some of y'all need to understand, I grew up in church, and w- that doesn't necessarily mean I'm like full on. It means that I'm, there are times where I'm ultra skeptical because I'm like, do I know? I, if you know me and you talk to me, you understand that I, I walk into these things with, a, with like, I really want to make sure I'm believing what I need to be believing, and I, I can get a little worked up. And yesterday, uh, Scott and Becca Tresky and uh, uh, Kyle and Amanda Richardson were hosting like a garage sale, helping out. They didn't ask for anybody's help, which I thought was amazing, but they hosted a garage sale, got rid of a bunch of stuff the church has been holding in storage and did a great job. It's fantastic. I love the servant heart of these people. But they, uh, but Kyle showed up and Kyle was wearing a back brace, right? You know the guy in the weight room that's wearing a back brace? And I don't know why, but we think that's dorky. Like, seriously, dude, why do you care about your safety um, and your health, you know? Um, but I, I remember walking up to him and I go, hey, man, what's going on? He goes, well, this morning I tweaked my back. And I just happened to listen to a message this week about healing. And I was like, man. And I'm telling you, I wasn't doing this because I just felt like that's what good Christians do. I should pray. But I honestly felt like when Kyle told me that, I felt like something in my gut, something in my spirit just said, you need to pray for him. And I didn't believe it. (laughs) Anybody know? Okay. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Holy Spirit goes, you should talk to that. You should pray for that. You should do that. And you go, "Mm mm-mm. I need to pick up some boxes. They are tired and I need to help them move some boxes. And uh, it took me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm a pastor. I should just do it. Uh, no, it took me a second. And so about a minute later, I go up to Kyle, and I go, hey, man, can I just pray for your back? Because I want friendships where I can say things like that. And so I just said, man, let's pray. So I prayed my best prayer. I didn't pray a perfect prayer. I didn't pray for 12 minutes. We had things to do, y'all. So I just prayed real quick. I said, how's your back? He said, it's bad. It was kind of like, I think he was being a really good friend. Like, boy, way to go, Brandon. I mean, it's killing me, but you're, yay, good job. I said, well, let's pray again. So I prayed again. And, um, and by the time he left, he goes, man, it's, and actually, actually, this morning, uh, before service, and he said, uh, he said, um, he goes, well, it's still a little tight, but there is absolutely no pain. I was like, well, that's, that's cool. I'll take it. Yo, I'll take it. Um, but just a moment ago, like right before we came into second service, he goes, man, my back's fine. 
He goes, my shoulder hurts because he stood up here the whole first service with a bass guitar. But he goes, my back is fine. And, um, and I look, I get it. Some of you are already like discounting that. I get it. I understand. It's fine. But I know what the Holy Spirit told me to do. And I did it. And even if it hadn't worked, I, I had already won because I was obedient. And I, I may not see every person say, oh, I'm healed. But I'm going to see somebody. And I believe that's good. And so I want to just take a second, and I'm going to, we're going to sing, sorry, we're going to sing just real quickly because I want to put ourselves in an atmosphere of worship. I want to elevate Jesus so the Holy Spirit can do some work, okay? So I want you just even right now, even if you're not ready or whatever, I, I would just, we need to close your eyes if you want to, but I want you to just lift your hands to heaven, and let's worship the Lord for a moment. Some of you are already sensing that there's, a, there's this is a moment to press into for you. You don't know what's going to be prayed for, how it's going to be prayed for, but you know that this moment was designed for you. And so I want you just right now just to really surrender your letter to Jesus so the Holy Spirit can mark your life right now. Come on, let's worship.